Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Cornerstone Christian Church of God podcast, where we are devoted to bringing restoration and transformation to all. To stay connected and find out more about what God is doing in His church, please visit our website, cccghq.org. Thank you so much, and we hope you are blessed by this message. This afternoon, we're speaking about work-life balance. Work-life balance. Proverbs chapter 24 and verse 27. This question of work-life balance is something people ask all the time. Especially people in ministry. Oh, which one comes first, pastor? Is it my family or the ministry? Which one comes first? Which one comes first? (laughs) Stop it. They all come first. They all come first. Which one comes first to a place? Is it your head or your leg? Is it your stomach? Is it your kidney, your liver? No, you are one person. Stop dividing things that should be one. Everything goes with you to your assignment. No wonder when Pharaoh was telling, was negotiating with Moses. He said, no, no, no. Let the people keep their their loved ones and, 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 and let the loved ones stay, but let the men go and worship. But Moses, a wise man, said, no, no, no. We are all going. All of us are going together. It is not a question of which one comes first. Everything the Lord has given you must go with you everywhere you are going. If they cannot go with you physically, they go with you in your heart. Look at what the scripture says. Prepare your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field and afterward build your house. What a powerful scripture. Prepare your outside, which means enhance your vocation. Enhance your vocation. Your career, your business, ministry, whatever the Lord has given to you to prosper with. Prepare it. Make it fit. Make it good. Then afterward, build your house. So the Lord is telling us here that it is very important that we we work sacrificially on our assignment. So there are times I think it was Michelle Obama that was interviewed recently. And they were asking her about, you know, one of her books that just, that's coming out soon or has come out already. And she was talking about marriage in her own opinion. And I agree with that. She said, you know, marriage is never 50-50 all the time. So there are times where in their own marriage, she puts in 70% for a period of time. And Barack, she has the right to call him Barack, Amen. We have to call him President Obama. (laughs) You know, he was putting in 30%. And there were times in their relationship where he would have put 90%. And she could only put 10% because of the the commitment she had at that time. So there are times in the same way when you are putting in a particular percentage in the home or anything else. But we need to look at things over a period of time to make sure there is balance. To make sure there is balance. And this is important because after a message like this, I don't want any wife or any husband that does not have full understanding to begin to flog people on the head. You heard what pastor said? Work-life balance. No, 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 no. Hear me well. There are times and there are seasons Where sacrifices must be made sometimes. If you have an exam, you're preparing for an exam. If you are understanding as a spouse, you give the person room to prepare. There's a project they are working on that demands lots of attention. You are in agreement together. Give them the space. But overall, there must be work-life balance. And there must never be a time where your heart departs from your loved ones. Are we together? Primarily, work-life balance is about awareness. Awareness. No matter where your head is, your heart must be where your loved ones are. It's about awareness. 
the moment we lose the awareness, we're already being, becoming imbalanced in our pursuit. Are we together? The moment we lose the awareness, we begin to suffer imbalance in our pursuit. Genesis 31 verse 19. Now Laban had gone to share his sheep and Rachel had stolen the household idols that were her father's. My question is, where was Jacob when his wife stole household idols? They didn't fit into her pocket. These were massive, these were household idols that had to be hidden on the camel in order for labor not to find them. Awareness is the key. Your head might be in many places, but when you know your assignment, I'm speaking especially to the head of the homes, and then also the wives in line with that. Your head can be in many places, but your heart must be where your loved ones are. That is work-life balance. I read the story of of, 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 uh, uh, one of those healing revivalists of those days. His name eludes me now, based in Chicago at that time. He used to go to the UK. Then it was by ship. And they would go for three months at sea to arrive at Europe. Thank God for air travel now. He was not present physically. But his children were the ones attesting to this. He would write letters every single week. A letter for everybody, finding out all the details of what the children were doing. How was your assignment? How was this? How was this? How was this? It is not work keeping you away from your family. It is your heart keeping you away. Even though he wasn't there physically, but he made commitments because his heart was there. These ones are my responsibilities. Where was Jacob? And Jacob was so unaware in that case that when Laban came and was looking for the household gods, Jacob got so angry and he even laid curses. I said, anybody that took it, let them not survive. And out of everybody in his nuclear family, only Rachel died before they arrived at their destination. Arrived at their destination. Yes, Deborah died, the, the, the maiden, but, but I'm talking about within the family. Him, wife, and wives and children. Only Rachel died. And we see that in verse 16 to 17. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, a man ought to provide for his family. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, And the provision is not just financial. We've always thought this was just money, money. No, it goes beyond money. But if anyone does not provide for his own, especially those of his household, this does not even say any man, anyone, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. What are the things we're providing? Money, yes. Even love must be provided. Love must be provided. Protection must be provided. Assurance. Some people, all they need is just assurance. Must be provided. If anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his household, he has denied the faith. Let's look at some reasons why some people fail to balance their work, which includes business, career, and ministry with their relationships. Number one, they see relationships as stressful, not refreshing. 
Their mindset is relationships are stressful. They are not refreshing. A man can see the home relationships as being stressful. The wives demand to the wife, no wives. Wife demands too much. The children demand too much. This is too much stress. That mindset alone will make him or her begin to protect themselves from that stressful environment. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.9, better to dwell in, in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman or a nagging woman. Same thing with a nagging man. Same thing. This is not always a personality issue. Because even a quiet person has friends. No. If you see your home as a stressful place, you would inadvertently be avoiding your home. But the beauty is how you lay your bed is how you lie on it. If you run your home like a drill sergeant, then your home will always be a war front. If you run your home like a drill sergeant, shot with everybody, shot with everybody, all those things, then your home would be a war front. One of my friends in school then, University of Joss, used to tell us her father was in the military, I think Air Force, one of those top ranks. I mean, there was no laughter in the home. You tell him good morning. Say, what's, what's good about the morning? Go about your duties. What's good about the morning? I mean, how can love thrive in a home like that? Some relationships can be stressful sometimes. But we need to tackle that belief system. Ah, oh my goodness, stress again. There has to be a problem. Always has to be a problem. And we're going to get to that shortly. Number two reason why some people avoid, they, they are imbalanced in their work and relationships because, is because they see problems in their homes instead of solutions. If you see your family as a problem to be avoided, you might find it hard to go beyond the barest minimum. And I want to say this clearly. Spouses can make it easy or difficult for each other. You choose. The Lord was saying to me today, he said, you know, when many of us were dating, we were not looking for problems in each other all the time. Check this out. When we're dating, the person will not show up to a date and you're looking at their shoe. Why, why is your shoe like that? Why is your hair like that? Why, is, why are you carrying this kind of bag? It doesn't even match the color. We're not behaving that way. But when people now get married, they take on that person. And I'm wondering, what is your problem? Nobody can survive in an atmosphere like that. It is not every problem you see that must be talked about. It is not every mistake. Someone was sitting, an adult, sitting close to you. They mistakenly spilled water. Do you have to talk about it? They'll clean it up. Keep quiet. Move on with life. So we make every mistake an event. And mistakenly make the home unbearable for the people around. Before you got married to them, they were spilling things in their own homes. It did not change them. It didn't change their, the direction of their life. It did not affect their It did not affect their jobs. No. You don't have to talk and comment about every single thing you see. This is one of the most important points here. Many of us have made our homes not to be conducive for the wife not to be conducive for the husband. You've become a grammar teacher. Every mistake must be called out. You've become a fashion police. 
Every color misalignment must be called out. You've become, uh, what else? A food safety uh, inspector. You've, you've become, I mean, you've taken on all kinds of roles. Is that what the relationship is supposed to be like? No. No wonder he doesn't want to be around you anymore. No wonder she does not want to be around. It's date night, but that's where they'll look for something else. I think I have a very important meeting that uh, I am the one uh, calling. And uh, I sh- how could I have forgotten? It's very important. What's the name of the meeting? I can't remember, but there's a, there has to be an important meeting somewhere. Practice makes perfect. You see something that is not nice, learn to take your eyes off it. You, you get perfect with time. Only speak about critical things. Oh, set systems. The Lord was saying to me, he said, imagine if you did not arrange the different departments in the ministry and it's just a free for all. Okay, what do we do, pastor? Who does what? No, no, just come early on Sunday. I will figure it out. So those that come, yeah, yeah, you looks like you can do AV. So you stand on that camera. You are okay. Okay, you just go up there. You, you go here. You, you go and clean it. I mean, it would be a mess. And that's the way some people's homes are. Nobody knows what anybody's supposed to be doing. Somebody can just do anything that is available to be done. Some people are assigned things, but they don't take it seriously. So, so you're creating an environment where there must be friction. Let's help each other. I'm speaking to myself too. I have to swallow some words. Sometimes I want to. And I, hmm? Is that important? That's not important. Let's move on. That's not important. It's not important. Okay, yo, this is an example. You always leave your phone in the fridge all the time. I mean, by the time you say, the, oh, honey, I saw your phone here. Really? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I was doing groceries and I just mistakenly put it there. Second time, third time, I'll just assume she likes her phone in the fridge. <laughs> Maybe it gets it cool. It's always getting hot. No, no, no. We're adults. We're adults. Don't treat your spouse like a child and expect a mature person. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you treat people, so they will become to you. Give them space. Do you want to eat first? No. Do you want to eat? No. Maybe they are fasting. Leave them alone. Are you bothering? Why don't you want to eat? Are, are you? They don't want to eat. Maybe they are angry. They don't want to eat. They've said it twice. Allow them not to eat. When hunger matures, <laughs> when hunger matures, humility will come. <laughs> Amen. And 12 a.m., you just see them just <laughs> whipping off something. Glory to God. I say, honey, um, can you please help me? Then stand up like a loving spouse to assist. Your amen can be louder. So when there are problems instead of solutions, it will make it hard for people to balance their work with family responsibilities. So let's make it easy for each other. A few years ago, I came across, I came across that understanding that the way some of us live in our homes can make it hard for love to dwell in the home. Please, let's make it easy. Even a workaholic husband, a workaholic wife, will find their way to a loving environment. But when the home is not loving, the workaholic nature will seem to be validated. There will be more excuses than normal. Make it hard for someone to stay away from your home for too long. Make it hard. As a man, 
Even as a woman, make it hard. The wisdom of God is in you for a reason. Make it hard. That's part of the things that we do as a ministry. We don't force anybody. Okay, leaders, you have to. You have to. If you don't, if you don't. No, 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 no. When you miss a service, you know that you've missed something. Just add value. Add value. Just add value. Praise God. Number three, when people are short-sighted instead of far-sighted, they live an imbalanced life. Who is a short-sighted person? Is a person, and that's how Wall Street operates now, is a person that is just living for the next promotion, paycheck. You know, there's something about urgency and importance. Sometimes important things don't look urgent. Sometimes the urgent things, like a phone call, might not be important. But it takes wisdom to be able to prioritize important things, even though they are not yet urgent. Because it will get to a point where those important things that have been neglected will now become urgent things that will be difficult to correct. Met with one of the lovely couples at church, and they were sharing their testimonies with us. About the growth and development of the of their of their of their son, how it he began to demonstrate some 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 behavioral traits that was not good and all those things, and they were saying they just realized that they had both neglected the child. They both forgot the parent teachers meeting, forgot several times, and then they began to make adjustments. And they said, Pastor, you won't believe it. Just within two weeks. Two weeks of paying attention, we saw a huge change in the child. Just two weeks. Just two weeks. Just two weeks. And I'm sure they won't mind if I, if I tell this story. This just so blessed me. They said, then the child went to school one day and just threw tantrum for the sake of throwing tantrum because he did not want to eat his vegetables. And then the teachers took a stand and said, you know what? For the next seven days, we're only going to be giving you vegetables. He cried and did everything. And then the teachers called the parents and told the parents, this is what we're doing. Are you on board? The parents said, of course we are. So they went to, 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 the, uh, to the grocery store and bought more vegetables. <laughs> and when the child came home, they told the child, this is what you did. So now even at home, for the next one week, you're eating vegetables. And the father said, I've spanked this boy before, but I've never seen him cry the way he cried. And, and he saw that they meant it. So you go to school, eat broccoli, and then come home, <laughs> eat more vegetables. He said within two, three days, they saw massive change in his behavior. But they, they didn't back down. Seven days, seven days. By the third day, anything you tell, he said, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Just from paying attention. Do you know what they have averted in the future? You just cannot imagine. You just cannot imagine. So when we're doing things, we need to be thinking about the future. Because that future looks far away, but every day we sleep and wake up, the future is drawing closer and closer and closer. Some people should not be in gangs today. If they were paid attention to. Some people should not be in the sex trade today if they were paid attention to. Some people should not be bullies today if they were paid attention to. Let's be far-sighted, not short-sighted. Not just the kids, even in the relationship. This is why when people become empty nesters, which means their kids have grown up and left the home, they now realize they don't have anything in common. Because they were not investing into their relationship. They were just investing into their jobs. Bigger house and bigger house and better cars until they realized that they've lost what was connecting them together. Let's be far-sighted. Number four. When a person is selfish, instead of being selfless, 
A selfish person would always prioritize their own work without paying attention to the welfare of the other people. You know what I heard about Obama when he was president? That there are many things about him that is not good. Okay, I'm just giving examples. It's not like he's our role model now. He's not Jesus. He's our brother, but he's not Jesus. Okay? That every day, most days, even with the pressure of being president, he'll come home. They made an agreement. He'll come home for dinner. Have dinner with the family and then go back to work. Are you telling me that there are no things he could just be doing and just bury himself in? Of course. Of course. But why be selfish when the people around you also have needs that you can still meet even if you're not present physically? Even if you're not present physically. All you just have to do is think about the other person. How can I add value to them? How can I add value to them? How can I add value to them? Because remember, work is good. Ministry is good. All these things are good. But when it's all said and done, family are the ones that will stand with you. And let me, let me clarify what I mean by family. <laughs> it's not just blood. Ah, some people say blood is thicker than water. You don't understand. You've never compared blood and water before. No, 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 no. Family goes beyond blood. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Go and ask David and, and, and Jonathan. Family, that is, that is family. David and Jonathan is family. There's nothing we've heard about David's older brothers and how he stood by him or whatever. They just knew he became king and then where else, which other army are we going to join? But the army of David. But Jonathan was family. Nothing about David's mother. We don't know anything. But we know he must have had a mother. Because nobody just appeared. But we don't know anything. Jesse as a father was just doing whatever he wanted to do. Amen. People tell me, oh, you know, ministry, oh, the people, you better be careful with people and all that. No, no, no. Even within ministry, there are people that are family and there are some that are consumers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody has to play a role. But, but it is wrong when the person does not know who, who is playing what role. Then that's where people get disappointed. But it's important that we don't over-prioritize work at the expense of relationships. Relationships. Extremely vital. So don't be selfish, but be selfless. Number five. When a person sees relationships as a chore, instead of something to be enjoyed, they will not prioritize it. Number seven, very important. When you see relationships and the people as being unreasonable in their demands, instead of being reasonable, which means you think they are asking for too much. Your spouse asking for breakfast with her own husband or with the wife is too much. You're asking for too much then you begin to have that mindset that no, no, this is unreasonable. How will you be asking for something like that? Asking for a dinner date. What is wrong with that? I mean, if they're asking for it every night, then that's wrong. <laughs> it's not more a date, it's just dinner now. That's wrong. But, but, but don't have the mindset that they are unreasonable people. Your child did not ask to be born into your family. You forced the child into the family. <laughs> you brought the child by force. It's not unreasonable that the child wants to have a time with the father or with the mother. That's not unreasonable. 
It just has to be properly scheduled and managed. But it is not unreasonable. Now, many kids perhaps will be dealing with trauma in the future. Just because they try to have conversations again and every time is no, no, not the right time, not the right time. No, 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 no. It got to a point they stopped talking. And they are talking to somebody else online. Dealt with an issue and is resolved by God's grace. Girl, maybe 12, thereabouts. Was talking to a man online. Thought was a boy. Was a full elderly man. And they're already planning to meet up in person. And you never know these things. You just know that, oh, this child is now always on the device. No longer talking. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Finally. But you don't know who else the child is talking to. Their demands are not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. I came from that school of thought too and, and, and the Lord is helping to guide my understanding because I can just drown myself in work. So I've, I've, he has preached this message to me time and time and time. I didn't even want to get married because I believe that marriage will hinder me from achieving my destiny. I just like Apostle Paul so much. He was my role model <laughs> in that area. Until God began to speak to me and say, there's a level you'll never get to until you're married. Until you're married. He said it for years and years and years before it sunk in properly. He's still sinking in. Thank God she always wanted to marry a pastor. Otherwise, it would have been very hard. You know, there's a scripture where Paul said, married as though you are not married. You can live as if you are not married. And they said, that scripture must have had me in mind. But, but Jesus is good. God is good. He's faithful. He'll meet everyone at the level where they are. I mean, at that time, I can go for weeks without speaking to my parents. Dad is no more now. We can't talk anymore again. Go for weeks. Go for weeks. I'm not saying now you leave your work and go to the other extreme now just because <laughs> that's what some people would do. Just like to swing like a like yo-yo. Like, uh, you know. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but we can be properly balanced. We can be balanced. Now I have 15, 20 minutes conversations every three weeks, thereabout. It's balance. And it's getting better and better and better. One time 15, another time 30, another time 40 minutes. Like, wow, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm saying this openly so that we know wherever you are, you can begin to move. And some people, they are talking daily. You need to also reduce. And start working. And start working. You are not a call center agent. Morning, you talk to your dad. You're a grown man. You're married. Morning, you talk. So have you, have you said, are you, I, who, who are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> Amen. So yours is not the balance. Yours is the work area. Live the life. Yours is work. You're already on the extreme of life. Work, life, balance. So those already in work, we're bringing them to life. Those in life, we're bringing them to walk. Somebody shout amen. Don't see those things as being unreasonable. Relationships are important. It is when people have challenges, they will now start looking for relationships. Who is my, who's my? They want to move. Then they're like, okay, ah, this friend, I've not spoken to them in a long time. Um, hey, bro. <laughs> can you please help me hey sis you know we serve in the same ministry can you please help me no 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 when they were trying to connect with you you were not available now it's time to get married you're wondering who will be your bridesmaid you deleted all their numbers from your phone now you're trying to convince them and guilt tripping them no no 
Relationships, just don't overdo it, but relationships are important. And whatever number we are in next is a lack. They have, they are afraid of lack and they overcompensate in pursuing money. They are afraid of lack, so they overcompensate by pursuing after money. So they say things like, oh, all these things I'm doing is for the family. It's for the family. It's for the family. No, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. That is not entirely true. I heard the story of a son that went to the father to ask, dad, how much do you make per hour? Because the boy just saw the dad never available. And the dad was wondering, what kind of question is that? No, no. How much do you make per hour? And I was getting offended. He said, no, 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 that's because I want to pay for one hour of your time. I want to pay. That's when the married, oh, oh my goodness, what? what am I doing? What am I doing? I want to pay. If money is your problem, I, <laughs> I have money in the piggy bank. <laughs> I can pay for one hour. One hour of your time. And he left and gave attention to the boy. Sometimes we are so caught up the idea of pursuing after money and status that we forget that the time that is going by can never be recouped again. I'm not saying you should sit at home and not do anything. I'm saying pursue your passions but remember that you have people connected to you who are meant to enjoy life with you. The next point here, those types of people, they see their family and their career and ministry as being separate. But I'm telling you that those things can coexist together. It can coexist. It is when you are trying to live separate lives, that's when things are stressful. Bring your family to do ministry with you. Bring your family into your career. How do you do that? If you have kids, let them know what you do for a living. Talk to them about it. Bring them into it. Share details of it with them. They will feel a sense of ownership. Same thing with the spouse. No, no, my wife cannot understand. My husband cannot understand. Uh-huh. So you marry someone that cannot understand things? You know, it's nonsense. Medical stuff. I can't understand. I can't understand. Just, <laughs> no, 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 no. Explain. Bring them into what you do. You know, I, I studied this. thing. people say, oh, pastor's kids and this and this and that. And I realized Part of the reasons why some don't succeed in raising their children well is because they don't involve them in ministry. Involve them in what you're doing. Involve them in what you're doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next point is view your family as a business with long-term returns. View your relationship engagements as a business venture. And suddenly your mindset will begin to shift. When you're spending time, you no longer see it as wasted time. You see it as invested time. Jesus had a mindset when they found him after three days, they said, don't you know I'll be going about my father's business? My father's business. The marriage can be seen as a business. Not treated as if, you know, ruthlessly. No, 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 no. I'm saying, think about it from the perspective of an investment of time yielding returns. And you no longer see it as a waste of time. Everything else is productive, but this one, I'm just sitting out here, just talking, I'm just wasting my time. No, 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 no. no. You're investing your time. You're investing your time. You're investing your time. You're investing your time. 
And finally, approach it proactively, not reactively. Approach your life or relationships proactively, not reactively. Proactively means you are saving time. If you are reactive, you waste more time. How many married people know it is better to be having regular conversations than to be woken up at night to say we need to talk? <laughs> because now, that talk now, whoever is the one talking, whether it's a man or a woman, because both can talk. Now, you have to wait for everything, go through everything. Mention all the problems. Then before we now get to solution. Then before, but, but you can be proactive in averting World War III, World War IV, and every other world war that is possible. Same thing in our relationships. We can see when a bomb is about to go off, if you are paying attention, and resolve them in due time. So to be proactive is better than to be reactive. And I want to speak to those with kids or dependent children. You can have time assigned to each of them. I heard this from someone many years ago and I said, this is wisdom. This time to this time is for you, child. Whatever you want to do with it, the both of us, that's up to you. That's being proactive. That's been proactive. That's been proactive. And the child will now see this parent is honoring this, especially if you have a girl. Especially. Especially. Because when this guy comes out of nowhere and gives her attention, it might be hard, and you're trying to rein her back, it might be difficult. Being reactive at that time, it will be difficult. Regular conversations. So as those boys are sliding in the DM, you are sliding them out. <laughs> because she's making you aware because a relationship has been built already. Is it getting hot? <laughs> a relationship has been built where they can tell you anything. Where they can tell you anything. I shared on Thursday how, oh no, a night prayers, how a nine-year-old boy, one of the Russell said to the mother that, hey, I got healed of headache when I high-five pastor outside. I, and, and you know, this is what I do with my own mind. I don't know what you do with yours. I know it's good things. But I analyze testimonies. I evaluate them to see what, what principle was applied here that made it work. And I looked and I said, do you know the kind of maturity and awareness you would have taken for a child to know the instant they were healed and what made them get healed? But the most important thing for me was that the child saw it fit to have that kind of a conversation with the parent. You know that that rapport has been, it's been built on a regular, regular basis. How was your day? It's very proactive. Because you really want to know how the day was. Not how was your day and you're already upstairs. <laughs> how was your day? Let me know how your day was. They might be mumbling things. Just pick what you can pick. But they know that this person listens. This person is there. This person is there. Let's be proactive. It is cheaper in terms of time than being reactive. Reactivity is more costly. You cannot draw from a relationship you never invested into. Investment. Some people only show up. You know them when there's a problem. They will start with pleasantries. So how are you doing? Hope everything is okay. But you know where they are going. You know they only show up when there's a problem. Don't be that kind of a person in your own... I'm, I'm talking about vital relationships. Vital relationships. That's how we balance work. 
And then finally, celebrate. Celebrate. The Lord has been teaching me something of late, maybe because of the milestone coming up. Just how to, you know, he says, teach me on how to number my days. And he was saying that, do you know that the Jews have celebrations littered across their calendar on a yearly basis? Celebrate together with your loved ones. Look for opportunities to celebrate. I'm, I'm doing my PhD now, finished the comprehensive exam. Wife said, oh, we have to celebrate that. I said, I've, I've not. Wait, 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 amen. It's the, it's the dissertation that is the final. But I'm already at the, at the end, amen. Thank you for your clapping, amen. But, oh, let's celebrate. The grade was also good. In the 90s, let, let's celebrate, amen. Look for things to celebrate. Someone got a new job. <laughs> no celebration. And the place is as if there's someone died. He's just looking at her, back to business as usual. Go, 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 come, go, come, jump, run. <laughs> no. Pause and celebrate. An album was released. Celebrate. A book was published. Celebrate. Someone got fired. Celebrate. <laughs> God forbid. Celebrate. Celebrate. Look for opportunities to celebrate. Imagine if your home and your key relationships had those milestones. Almost every month, there are multiple things to celebrate. Just imagine getting a text message from your good friend. Oh, guess what today is? Today is the fifth anniversary of where we met. Ah, where we met? Oh yeah, remember that day I saw you in class and we just say hi and we became friends. Today is the fifth. Ah, okay. Well, Facebook can even help you with that. Look for things to celebrate. Celebrate. Jubilate. <laughs> Don't let me start rhyming now. Amen. Celebrate. It helps to build the depth in relationships. Celebrate. So, 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 people that love each other celebrate with each other. I wasn't going to have any 40th anything. I don't, not too big on those things. But my mentor said to me, say, no, 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 stop that. You celebrate. I was going to okay, do it very, very small. Just, just, no, 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 no. Involve the whole church. Those that want to be, it's not by force. Just hear the word and go if that's what you want. That's fine. Say, celebrate. Say, you've been, you've been a blessing, but you don't, you're not giving people the opportunity to come back and be a blessing to you. I said, no, no, I don't want to be a body. He said, no, 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 you're thinking about it wrong. It helps people to bond together. So you're not celebrating your birthday because you don't want to stress people to buy gifts. Is it by force they must buy gifts? But buy gifts is good if you can afford it. <laughs> you know how to throw that shit, amen. I can't miss that of prime real estate, amen. <laughs> but the key is celebrate with each other. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. It's been two years since you moved into your house. Oh, you're keeping track. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just want to say congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. It's been amazing. Oh, it's been one year since this. It's been this since that. Let your calendar. I'm, I, I just got the revelation a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm building, I'm working on it. It will make, I've seen Bishop go do it so much and I didn't understand it until recently. It will make your environment extremely joyful. It will make, it will deepen relationships. It will deepen relationships. I mean, I don't have to tell you celebrate birthdays. That should be normal. Uh, Valentine's Day, you don't have to because that's not compulsory. <laughs> Except if the Lord leads you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm looking in this direction. Except if the Lord leads you, Valentine's Day is not. You see, but celebrate. Tell your neighbor, celebrate. Hallelujah. 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 At the end of the day, we want to be growing together. Your career is pro progressing. Your ministry is moving forward. Your business is expanding. But you have not lost key relationships. 
Because you're bringing them along. Oh, I just want to celebrate. My business just got to this milestone. Wow. Go, girl. Uh, what do you say to guys? Go, guy. No? Go, yeah, go, girl. But how, how, how about the guy? Oh, bro. Go, bro. Go, bro. Go, bro. <laughs> Whatever they say. Just celebrating with each other. Hey, I just got a promotion. Wow. Man, we need to meet up. Not at the a, at a, at a club or a pub. We need to meet up somewhere healthy and let's celebrate together. Of course, if you cannot share those things with your friends, then are they really friends? Are they really friends? Are they really friends? Please rise up on your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen and receive the fresh word of God. Before you leave, if you're listening to this podcast and you're not born again, I, Pastor Ibukun Adewusi, would love to pray with you. If you're ready to give your life to Christ right now, please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are the Son of God and I believe you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I know I am a sinner and today I come to you to forgive me of all my sins and to make me a brand new creation. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me and making me born again. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Congratulations, you are now born again. Please reach out to us on cccghq.org slash save and fill out the form completely so that we can send you wonderful materials to help you grow on your new walk with Christ. Congratulations once again. We love you and God bless you.